Can you hear that airplane? Oh, yeah. Going by? Mm-hmm. God. This damn thing is so sensitive. <laughs> Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Give 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Bringing to you the best stories from icons in the bourbon industry, it's Bourbon Pursuit. Now here are your hosts, Ryan and Kenny. Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Pursuit Podcast. I'm joined today with my co-host, Ryan. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well, Kenny. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. We're actually going to be trying something new today. So we've been primarily going out and taking our laptops and our microphones with us to distilleries and all these people, but we've got we've, we've kind of outgrown that a little bit, right? So we've, we are now expanding across the country, and we've actually reached out to a, a guest celebrity, I would say. So today on the podcast, we have Blake from bourboner.com. And Blake, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and make sure I'm saying that is it bourboner or bourbonr.com? Like how do you how do you pronounce it? Yeah, you had it right. Bourboner.com. Yeah. So th- there needs to be an E between the N and the R, but um that domain was taken at the time. So it's uh it's <laughs> so bourboner.com. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you I built you built a pretty good brand name around it. I don't think it's worth changing anymore. 
I think the I do have the domain name now, but yeah, it was like, all right, I'm not going to switch it over and change things up. And so, um, but yeah, bourboner.com. That's it. Well, good. I mean, you're, I'm, I'm very glad you're on your show today because you are probably by far, you're, you're a very big truth in the industry. You're easily one of the, the biggest bloggers out there on bourbon. So before we kind of get to talking about the website and how you've kind of grown that, let's talk about you a little bit. You know, where did you really get your start into bourbon? I got into bourbon and I was trying to think back last night. It was pretty late, probably around 2009, 2010-ish. Um, you know, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida, so it's, it's by no means a, a bourbon capital or anything like that. And just one, one of those things I really got interested in and just kind of dived in and, um, I have a tendency to over-research any subject or hobby I have. Um, and you know, it it just kind of snowball effect after that and, uh, just started digging in and, the, the site kind of came out of that. I was trying to keep track of my own reviews. Um, and so I had a site built that would just keep track of people's reviews and stuff. Um, and that was the original bourboner.com. And then in, I guess it was fall or late summer of 2013, I uh, started the blog just as a way to start throwing posts up of things that I thought was inter- interesting and um just different research that I had done. Uh, so after the blog got up, it, it kind of got some early traction with the Pappy release trackers and antique collection release trackers and kind of been going that way ever since. It's, it's kind of more of a blog now, uh, than even a site, but we do have a new app coming out. So that's pretty exciting too, but. Well, yeah, tell, so, tell us a little bit about that new app. What's what's the new app going to be about? Or actually, I guess give us an explanation of the old app and the, the kind of two different parts of your website and then kind of explain mm-hmm. also what's going to be coming. Yeah, so the, the current app and site, basically you can go on, add whatever reviews you have, add things to your My Whiskey page uh, just as a way to keep track of everything you drink. You know, if you're at a bar and you have a flight of five things, you may not remember exactly each one of them. Um, and so that's what the current app and site has. But then with the new app, it, it's a lot more social. So think of it as like a, uh, an Instagram with kind of a review layer on top of that. Um, so if you just buy a bottle, want to show it off to people, uh, other bourbon drinkers, you can do that. But then if you want to add reviews and everything, you can keep track of it as well within the app. Um, so it should be interesting. You know, there's there's a lot of sites where people like to share and talk about bourbon, um, and that probably takes a lot more of uh, what people are t- doing than just um, adding reviews. So I think the social aspect is a big side of it because um, you want to tell people how good it is and also show off the finds you get. So. No, definitely. Um, definitely. I can see that. So I guess have you seen sort of – since you've seen the blog sort of grow a lot over time – and I know, like, I guess the app was kind of your first venture into it. Or are you really thinking like this app is going to be uh, something that you can put your staple on? Say, like, this is this is what Bourbon.com is all about. Or do you think like, well, maybe maybe it's it's all about the blog, right? I mean, you've got a, you've got a good following there. So so I guess you're just trying to figure out like where do you spend most of your time uh, trying to figure out what's going to be the the best payoff at the end of the day, if you will. 
Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of have a little bit of an advantage since it's not a full-time gig. Um, once the blog started taking off, I started focusing, you know, 90% of my bourbon time on that and 10% on the time. Um, and that's kind of shifted back and forth a little bit, but the hope is that the app will take off as well. And then a, a little more time will be put towards that. But, uh, I think it's a great app. <laughs> if other people don't like it or, you know, they're already happy with how they're keeping track of their stuff, that's fine. I'm happy to keep the blog going. So, um, I have a little bit of flexibility in there, but yeah, the hope is that the app will um, really do well and people will kind of, kind of come to it and really like it for what it is. So, um, but at the end of the day, you kind of go with what's working too. So the, the blog has been very good so far. Um, and I enjoy do it, doing it too. So you can't complain when you're writing and talking about bourbon. That's um, very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Blake, what was that uh, first bottle, I guess, that got you into, you know, this bourbon habit or blogging and I stuff? I think it was it was probably, um, you know, I want to say I had my probably my first drink of bourbon was, I don't know how long ago, but it was probably Jim Beam. And I remember drinking it and thinking, this is the worst tasting thing. I have, you know, you're a teenager or whatever at the time thinking, how in the world do people drink this stuff? It's fire. Um, but then, you know, your changes or your, uh, your choices kind of improve and that kind of thing. And so maker's mark was probably the first actual bottle where I sat down and thought, you know, there's some different flavors here that, um, you don't taste in other stuff. Um, and then it's, you know, a big increase since then. And I actually still do like Maker's Mark and especially like their cast strength. Um, but bourbon is such a broad category in itself. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of so goes back to one of the articles you wrote about about the, the evolutionary per, yeah, I guess you could say the evolution yeah. of a bourbon drinker, right? I think yeah. we've all, yeah. we've all related to that. I, I know one of our, yeah. our first episode, we, we kind of hinted at that, that we've all kind of gone through that path as well. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because I wrote that and it was a very personal, uh, step by step thing, but I know there's so many other people who had the exact same progression over the years. Um, so it's kind of funny how everyone takes a very similar path in the bourbon game. Uh, especially when you read, you read some things that are out there about people that have no idea what, what good bourbon is. And, you know, they're very immature and they don't really know what it is. And so they get a good bottle. Like, I mean, I think I read a story about 10 years ago, somebody got a bottle of Pappy 20 and they thought it was garbage. So they just basically poured it down the drain, right? Because they don't, (laughs) they didn't know any better, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. one of those evolutionary things because at the very, very early stages, you can't appreciate what a good bourbon is just because you haven't really had a chance to really experience all the different ty- types that are actually out there. That That's very true. And, and you know, you, you tell new guys, hey, don't chase after all these big, hard-to-find bottles. Just get a bunch of stuff that is available on the shelf first and figure out what you like, and then you can kind of go from there. You know, people just take it as – you're doing it so you have a better chance at getting those bottles. But, you know, if, if you tell a hundred new guys not to buy Pappy Van Winkle, that's not increasing your chances by <laughs> anything uh, quantifiable. So, but yeah. So I guess even want- when talking about Pappy, I mean, since you live in Jacksonville, it's not the, 
it's not the it's not Kentucky by any means. You know, Kentucky is absolutely crazy with the bourbon hunting around here. How's how's bourbon hunting in Jacksonville? You know, it's it's actually not bad. I'm kind of in a good middle ground. Maybe I shouldn't say this if there's going to be a bunch of Jacksonville listeners. Yeah, no, but I'm kind of in a good middle ground of um, there's enough. Like Jacksonville is a fairly big city. You know, there's over a million people, so we're going to get distribution of the majority of good bottles and a decent amount of it. But there's not as many bourbon hunters, and it's kind of picking up now. But the Jacksonville or, or kind of the uh, elite bourbon levels, like the Pappies and Antique Collections, those kind of things, there's not a whole lot of us chasing after them. Um, now everyone's after Pappy now, but you know this this year I I'll walk into a store and see a stag that was sitting on the shelf for maybe a month, which that seems <laughs> like crazy. not a long time, but that's forever. That's and yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it, it's not bad. Um, you can still get the majority of what you want. And I probably put a lot more time into it than I should as well. Um, we all but in, that. in, but yeah. And by this time I know a fair amount of store owners in Jacksonville just cause I'm in talking with them, buying from them, that kind of stuff. Um, is it ABC so that, in Jacksonville too? Yes. Yeah. So they're the, um, they're by far the biggest in the state of Florida, but they only do lotteries on, um, Happy Van Winkle and William Lure Weller. So a year and a half later, I've still never won that lottery. It's, but uh, that's, that's the way it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what do you do? It's I can't accuse them of uh, rigging the a randomization <laughs> of picking <laughs> yeah. bottles. Uh, I like the Florida liquor stores uh, or ABC. I was down in Naples a couple weeks ago and walked in, and there he goes, Weller Twelve, like just sitting sitting there, and I'm like. I hit the Mecca. And so yeah, me and my buddy yeah. just shipped, you know, bought six or seven bottles and shipped them back home. Cause it's because of you and your poor man's pappy post. I can never find well anymore. So <laughs> I think I was just jumping on a wave of, that was already starting with that poor man's pappy post. And it's actually to be, uh, technically correct. It's the straight bourbon, blend or i don't know i used to get a bunch of comments about guys in straight bourbon which was where i first read about it um saying that i was stealing it i'm like i'm not stealing it there's nobody who i can cite for it (laughs) (laughs) i can't cite an entire forum for but um yeah abc i think it's public knowledge now but they have they're the only ones who can sell the weller line in florida so they get a lot of it um yeah, so, yeah, so, so we, we brought up Poor Man's Pappy. So I guess for all the reader, all the listeners out there who have never heard of it before, give us a give us what is Poor Man's Pappy. Yeah, so Poor Man's Pappy is a blend of sixty percent. Hold on, my sixty percent Weller Twelve and forty percent um, Weller Antique, and it comes out to around hundred and seven proof. And Weller Antique used to be. Um, well, it's not age dated anymore. So, but around the seven to eight year mark now, and then Weller 12 is obviously 12 years. And so the blend gives you something very similar to like an old Rip Van Winkle 10 year. Originally it was for the Weller Centennial, which was a 10 year, 100 proof bourbon. Um, but it's been discontinued. Um, so that was part of the reason calling it poor man's pappy on my blog was no one knows what Weller Centennial is for the most part. 
So how did yep. you how did you actually learn about it? I mean, I, I guess you kind of hinted at it, but where did you yeah find, it, it find that from, uh, knowledge? Yeah, from straight bourbon. Um, and that's the thing about the blog too is just taking a lot of good information that's kind of in the archives of all these bourbon forums and put it in a little more presentable manner. Um, or, you know, you can research a lot of stuff there. You know, I've seen Julian Van Winkle popping up and commenting on stuff that, uh, people are questioning, you know, what's the source of this? Well, then Julian Van Winkle, then mm-hmm. straight bourbon talking about, Oh yeah, it's, here's the source. Um, so there's a lot, that's where I originally got the poor man's pappy from. Um, but that's kind of, I think that originally started with like a Kentucky bar started doing it. Um, so I do a lot of reading and, um, a lot of my reading is bourbon reading as well. So, uh, trying to remember exactly where I got things from is not always easy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's, like, I guess another, another good thing to ask you is, you know, with, you say you do a lot of reading, but you also have pretty much, you know, a lot of interesting articles that are on your site. You know, you become the staple. It's known as a lot of truth behind different kind of bourbons, such as the pain, uh, the Pappy Van Winkle laser codes, uh, the secrets behind mash bills, the cheat sheets that are always out there. So I guess where do you kind of come up with these ideas? Because you're, you're a pretty frequent poster too. You know, it's, it's at least one post every week and it's, it's quality stuff too. So where do these ideas kind of spawn from? You know, it just, it's things that I've run across that I've had trouble with myself over the years or just talking with other guys. And I, I kind of keep a, uh, uh, an Apple notes or, uh, Evernote notes in my phone of like, Oh, that'd be cool. I should write about that. And just kind of, as I go throughout the day, just write things down and then find time here and there to start writing. Um, I have a young son, so he goes to bed early. My wife usually goes to bed early and I'm like, well, I've got, two hours to sit around now, I guess I can write some bourbon post. There you um, go. Put all that knowledge. That, to yeah. Use. It's, it's just, a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a, a collection of a lot of different places is where the ideas come from. But a lot of it's just, I know I can't remember all the different proofs of Elijah Craig barrel proof myself. Um, so I'm like, Oh, well here, I'll just put them all on one sheet. I'm like, Oh, this'd be a pretty cool post. I bet other people would like to do this. I'll just put pictures with it. And then, um, that's kind of the, uh, evolution, evolution of a bourbon or post, um, just from a small idea. And then kind of expanding on it, you know, some post I'll think about it. I'll write it in 30 minutes and I probably should proof it more than I do. Um, and it'll go up and then other posts I'll just kind of write on for a month or so. And they'll kind of change as I go. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're very right about that that presentable format because you look at straight bourbon and you look at these other bourbon forums. Yeah, I mean, they're forums you got to register for, and then you got to if you want to find information, you got to dig down into the archives of 2008, and even some of the stuff in there isn't even relevant anymore because they say, "Well, uh, don't buy that; just spend twenty more dollars and go buy a Pappy 20," which we all know is not <laughs> not possible anymore. So it's it's, it's definitely a, a, a good way that you present in such such a way that. Uh, you know, it's, it's easily Google searchable. So anybody that can get it gets it quickly. So it's, it's a very, very fantastic way of being able to distribute that information. Yeah. I Googled Pappy earlier and poor man's Pappy popped up, uh, you know, it was like the first three posts. So that, yeah, I think I, I, uh, at one point I was, I had 
three or four links in the first page for Batman Van Winkle. I don't know if that's still the case, but um, <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll 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 get you on that SEO stuff, that search engine optimization. Yeah, yeah, that's that's beyond my. Uh, the only thing I know about SEO is just write content that people want to read <laughs> yeah. as far as yeah. I've gotten. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure as soon as they launched that clothing brand, your, your sites just went right off the front page of Google. So yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the joys of having uh, Julian Van Winkle back in your company, I guess, when you have Pappy Co. <laughs> Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. So kind of talking a little bit more about, you know, the, you know, the poor man's pappy, you also do a few different posts about uh, vatting and experimentation and, and mixing bourbons. Is that something that you do regularly and, and try to talk about or what's kind of your, your kind of process behind all that? Yeah. So that's, I think kind of the, uh, um, high school level science projects are something that are just fun to me. Um, so I do, I'll do a couple of those posts every now and then. Um, and I'm kind of constantly doing that kind of stuff. I have, um, infused bourbon, vanilla bean bourbon, um, I think an orange peel and cinnamon infused bourbon that I'm doing now. Just That's just stuff I like to do and I find it interesting. So then I turn it into a post. Um, I did a post about the blended bourbon hyper decanting. That was mm-hmm. a big thing with wine a few years ago um, whenever Nathan Miravold's book came out. Um, yeah. So I thought, well, yeah, you know, this probably applies to bourbon too. So I did a testing and I don't know if it's a placebo effect or what, but it was blind, but there's only three choices. And the, the one that was actually blended in a magic bullet won or picked <laughs> as the best by three different people. So I'm like, well, there, maybe there is something to it. So I don't know if scientifically there's actually some science and 
proof behind that, but on a surface level of, Hey, let's try this. This sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it just, funny. It actually went in a magic bullet. I guess that kind of just goes against the regular old, well, just pour a few different things that decanter and kind of see what yeah, happens here yeah, in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I've, I have a uh, down. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I have a friend in Bardstown um, that, that every good bottle of bourbon he has, he puts one shot from it when he opens it up in a decanter, and it's built up since 1983. And so every time he oh, takes a drink, cool. he adds a you know a new shot of bourbon. So I, I mean, Kenny oh. and I thought about starting that ourselves and seeing how that goes. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna steal that. I'm gonna start doing that. I have like a little bit over two drinks of poor man's pappy left in my decanter. Now I may empty it and start doing that. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was pretty but, neat, especially with, after 20 years. I wonder what, how yeah. they meld together. Yeah. And, and the whole batting thing is just really interesting too, just to see how it gives you a little bit of perspective of what they're doing at the distillery to pull all these different barrels and mix flavor profiles. Um, yeah, obviously it, they're working with all the same mash bills. Um, I mean, you're you're definitely right about that. It, I also kind of almost take like maybe a uh, almost I don't want to say anti stance, right? But there's there's always got to play somebody has to play the devil's advocate because if you think yeah. about it, you know, it's like a chef makes you a steak and he brings it on, presents it to you, <laughs> and you just say, "Well, where's where's that Heinz fifty seven? I can you know, where's pour, the A one? Yeah, we're we're gonna pour ketchup all over this thing, right? And so I, I guess there's there's actually you know there's always two different arguments because you could think like, well, this is the way that it was intended to be, you know, uh, consumed. But then there's also the thing of, well, we might discover uh, something that nobody else has. So I've, I've even seen one vatting where somebody actually took uh, a shot from Thomas H Handy and a shot from the baby Sazerac and mix them together because it's the same mash bill, just a little bit different aged. And actually it's not, it's about aged the same yeah. closely, but pretty different, similar age. Yeah, diff- yeah, different proof good. levels. And so it just kind of just did it as a little experiment, but it, you know, these are the things that you just got to try out to kind of figure out what you like. We should probably put a rule on how expensive the bottle can be before you can, <laughs> you know, anything below yeah. $40 is allowed to be, um, vatted and everything else. <laughs> yeah, vatting a $90 bottle of bourbon doesn't seem yeah, very yeah, cost-effective. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So what are the other so, things that you have on your website are these, these the Pappy and the BTAC trackers. You know, uh-huh. I've, I've used them constantly, especially this year and last year during the hunts that go on because it's a, it's a good indication, especially the past two years, because I think you started in 2013. Is that about the time you started it? Yes. Okay. Yep. I mean, it's because really at that point, you know, it, if you if you think about it, if you just do this like another three or four more years, we're going to have all the data we need that we don't need to look at the map anymore because we're going to actually have a, a good kind of like two week span. We're going to know when it's going to hit our state or our city or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I think it's a, it's a good idea because it, it helps all those hunters out there kind of know like, well, A, it's, it's been released. It's coming out there. I don't need to uh, here on the grapevine from my uncle Sam, who talked to his cousin Charlie, who knows from their dog that talked to whoever <laughs> that you know it's on the west coast or the east coast or whatever. So if if you've never been to Bourbon.com, you've never seen those, and you're going to start thinking about hunting in the spring and for fall, make sure you look at Bourbon.com and make sure you pay attention to those tracker maps because uh, they're updated almost daily. And and how do you update those? Uh, very manually. Um, I have a paint. Microsoft Paint uh, map that I use and sounds just, very very technical. Um, <laughs> sounds yeah, antiquated. Yeah, it's very technical and yeah, 
no, it's it's something I probably need to improve on. But yeah, it's just pretty much me. People send me emails. I have a couple different um, sources now that I get information from. Um, and yeah, just just updating it in the blogs and WordPress. So it's it takes about 30 seconds to do once somebody tells me uh, where it's been released. But yeah, it, it's definitely um, it's definitely a beginner step. Um, but it, it's kind of nice to figure out how the release is going across the country too. Um, and then you get people who say that it's only flippers use it and that kind of stuff, which, you know, I don't know how you stop that. It's, there's still plenty of people using it that want to buy it and drink it. So, I mean, you we'll got to think about it. it. If you're, if you're waiting for that map to get populated before you're going out and looking, uh, odds are you're not going to find it, it yeah. anyway because yeah. it's probably already hit and it's probably already yeah. gone. So th- it always just goes back to making those connections with uh, family, friends, and liquor store owners to to try to get those bottles you really, really want, and knowing when to if you need to camp out, go ahead and doing that. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of um, it, it. Really depends on the state. Like, take Florida for instance. As soon as Miami hits. I know I have about 10 to 14 days for Jacksonville to hit on any major, major bourbon release. Um, so if, you know, I was watching the map and I saw the Florida hit, I'd say, okay, now, now I know. Um, but you know, sometimes they like to throw things up. I think it was Pennsylvania this year who they didn't release until they didn't release until like after Christmas or something, which was almost three weeks behind last year. And, um, yeah, so there's still a few states that try to change things up, but like you said, really your best bet is to um, get a connection with a store owner and kind of play that angle. Um, you know, people like to reward their good customers still, so that that's usually your best bet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you may have to spend a lot to become a good customer, <laughs> and I wouldn't suggest doing it at like a uh, one of the big box retailers because They've got buy, guys buying like $50,000 in wine every year that they're trying to keep happy. Not a guy who buys $500 in bourbon. So You're um, right. But, you know, they're, they're a fun thing to do. It's a fun thing to kind of have some excitement around the fall release season every year. So, um, yeah, kind of keeping them going for now. <laughs> So let's I just like Kenny. I, well, I was just gonna say I just like Kenny do all the hunting, and then I get to reap the rewards <laughs> of his hard, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of all his hard work. Uh-huh. Let you guys go out there and fight each other for it. Yeah, yeah that's it's, like my brother. <laughs> it's it's eight p.m. I'm standing in line. Where are you? Oh, okay, well I'll be there in a few hours. Just save my spot. <laughs> like, yeah, you got my spot. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it's like. So let's talk about your your collection. So if, if you've got this blog and you've got uh, you know all kinds of tasting notes and you've got your your whiskey cabinet, uh, you know virtual whiskey cabinet on bourboner.com. So what's what does the the physical cabinet look like? Like like how many bottles do you think you have kind of stashed away? Uh, the, the physical collection is a bit spread out in my house, and as my son gets older, is getting more and more secure. Um, <laughs> We have a uh, like a, a buffet in our living or our dining room that I have probably 30 bottles in, and then our uh, spare bedroom closet that probably has oh geez I don't even, I don't know if I want to make this number public. <laughs> don't, uh, don't do uh, it. Uh, it it's not it's not as bad compared to a lot of guys I've seen, but you know it's kind of like um, the drug addict or the addicted gambler saying 
losing a million dollars isn't as bad as losing a hundred thousand dollars. Um, but, uh, probably another 90 to a hundred bottles in a, uh, I've got a, like a bookshelf that I keep in a spare bedroom. So yeah, uh, several, several years back. The problem now isn't the unopened or isn't the open or is the open bottles. Um, I'll drink a quarter of a bottle and then I have something new to try. Well, then that quarter bot or that three quarters full bottle just gets left behind. Um, so at some point, I think I'm coming to a spot now where I need to stop buying full bottles, just try to get samples and that kind of stuff whenever there's new, new releases. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a growing collection and it rapidly grows if you're not careful. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that's one I'm, thing I'm, we've all had to learn is to maybe keep an Excel spreadsheet of, of what you're actually spending. Yeah, I, I, I did that for all my fall purchases, and um, you, it, it's a good thing and a bad thing. You want to look and know how, exactly how much you're spending, but then you, when you look at it, you're like, oh, shoot, I probably shouldn't <laughs> be spending this <laughs> definitely, it Definitely don't tell your wife about it. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'm not telling her about this podcast because <laughs> we did a bottle count one time and it, it wasn't a good conversation after that. <laughs> What's the saying? If you can measure it, then you can manage it. So if you yeah, measure yeah, it, you yeah, manage the problem. A that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> what it, were the, some the of your. Uh, is, if you go hunting a lot, it's like, all right. I can't walk into 20 different stores and then just walk out because they don't have anything of interest interested in. So I would, you know, if I'm going to a bunch of stores, I may grab a bottle of baby Saz here and there or something like that, or an Elmer T. Lee if they have it. Um, and those bottles started to collect over time. So started giving them away as gifts. There <laughs> you go. People are happy were, with uh, bourbon. What were some of your favorite releases from 2014? Really the best one to me was the stag. Um, it was, I thought it was excellent this year. And I'm say that as a stag fan and, you know, you can kind of go back to a lot of previous years. Um, some of the other ones I thought were good. I thought the Mictor's toasted barrel was good. Um, I love that also. It was yeah, awesome. It didn't seem like it got a lot of attention, but I really liked it. Um, let's see what else I like a sweeter bourbon, um, which is probably why I like uh, Buffalo trace stuff a lot. Um, and, but then the, the high West, the midwinters dram, that was good. It, it's expensive. Um, but I thought it was good. I like how a bunch of different people are doing finishing cast stuff now. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, there's definitely other... a lot of experimentation going on with a lot of different distilleries that, as you've probably found out through all your poking and prodding, they don't like to really hand out a lot of information of what they're trying out. No, no, that's, they're pretty tight lipped when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I've done my best to, uh, poke and prod, as you said. Um, but you know, they, uh, the funny ones are they'll have the, the cola registration through the TTB for a logo or, um, a label. And then you go to ask them about it. And if the answer is, well, just because we get that approved doesn't mean we're going to release it. I'm like, well, I mean, it sounds like you're going to release it. So could you give me some information about it or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of uh, interesting how you just had that, 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 uh, that post, what was it even this week or last week about very old St. Nick coming out with 
uh, basically making yeah. making a reappearance, and you just kind of just kind of dug around and kind of found, found that out. What was the kind of process to to figure that one out? Uh, a lot of Google searching. I've I've become pretty good at Google searching. Um, yeah, you, you do site searches for where you think information is going to be, and then just kind of um, a large database of reading over the past five years. Um, you kind of remember stuff here and there, and that helped. But yeah, that's another interesting one because it sounds like um, it's going to be a U.S. release, but her labels were wrong, which is another big problem. Kind of the uh, whiskey industry is facing today is people aren't putting the correct labels on there. You know that those things needed to be age stated and uh, needed the state of distillation in them, um, but it didn't. It just said bottled and produced in California, and there are some. Thing about how they use small barrels or something but uh you know the ttb is pretty clear about that that it needs to say distilled in with the state if it's not california um so yeah just, yeah and a lot of people are getting in trouble for that now yeah <laughs> like where angel zivy and a couple others are getting filed lawsuits against yeah there, there's um several like tito's was a big one for the vodka category then Angel's Envy, they have one now. Um, and then um, obviously Templeton was a big one too, mm-hmm. which it's kind of like who can wash their hands faster in these things because the TTB, they approve them, but it, they're not really digging in to make sure everything is correct on the label. And then the the label or the brand is saying, well, the TTB approved it. You know, Our, our uh, TTB rep said it was fine. So, um, and three or four years ago, no, probably, nobody probably would even care, right? It's just, no, I think this, no. this, this huge boom, everybody starts to really, really pay attention to these small, minute details and uh, are, are very easy to critique people when it's, it's not the way that it's presented. Yeah, that's but, very true. And kind of the new line of consumers, they want as much information about a product as they possibly can, where, that wasn't necessarily the case um, before. You know, now I'm looking at what barrel char distillers use and where it was sourced <laughs> from. Numbers. Not yeah, just all this crazy information that a few years ago nobody released or only a select few um, cared to know what it was. But mm-hmm. kind of the new bourbon generation that's coming up. Um, yeah, because really mean, interested in if, that kind of stuff. Because wine pretty much does that, right? I mean, they'll they'll say it's aged in this warehouse and is facing uh, this this. It's facing the east and the yeah. And the the grapes are in this valley and gets yeah. the dew and all this yeah. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's why um, the bourbon industry. It's I guess it's unique and why it's probably so popular is because that's the stories and the you know all the details and all the craft that goes into it, it really appeals. I guess to our generation because we're always seeking out, you know, like all that information and the stories. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All the kind of the handmade made in America movements combining into what bourbon is, which is, um, you know, on top, it's a great product. So, um, it's interesting to see how that takes, takes over a distiller who's actually really good about that and does about the, as much as the wine, um, producers would is Fort Roses. They put warehouse, which level, how many barrels deep it was, um, 
they put which side of the warehouse was on the west was on the um sipping corn has a post on his blog that lets you decipher what or where exactly that barrel was um which is really interesting because you kind of just look at those labels and think oh it's a bunch of numbers um it's probably just marketing but there's actually um a reason for them so that that's maybe even bigger for roses fan than i already was so <laughs> imagine how deep that excel spreadsheet might be <laughs> oh geez. yeah no i can that's the kind of stuff where i'm like i don't know who keeps this database but Hopefully they know what, what the Microsoft Access or. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope they're not using that for any any, yeah. any, any of the tech any uh, tech geeks out there. But yeah. we're, we're reaching yeah. the thirty six minute mark of this podcast. Uh, you know, Blake, I, I hope you're going to be able to come on the show again because this has definitely been uh, very interesting to talk to you. And I know we could probably just have you on to just kind of just shoot around and kind of just talk about all the industry news that's happening. But I guess before we hang up, you know, give us just a little uh, kind of warmer teaser is there anything else you know besides the new the new bourboner.com app that's kind of happening for 2015 or anything you kind of see on the horizon uh bourboner app is the biggest thing so be on the lookout for that it uh i got the the final version to my phone this morning so hopefully another couple weeks of just getting some other guys to run through it um and then we'll be we'll be launching so be on the lookout for that we i'll have a promo coming with it of a couple free bottles so should be good i'm thinking maybe a stag or a old rip 10 year or something like that if you just uh, said free bourbon i don't think you're gonna have a problem getting some people to yeah yeah <laughs> that's what i'm hoping i had to go through some legal hoops to make sure that it's okay to give away free bourbon it won't be coming from me personally but i will be paying it on your behalf so <laughs> smart move um yeah yeah but yeah, I appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. We'd love to come on anytime you'll have me. So I appreciate it. Awesome. If you, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. And Ryan, anything else to add before we close out? No, just thanks again, Blake. And uh, any suggestions, feedback, uh, you know, and comments uh, the listeners have, uh, we'd appreciate it just to know how we do. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.